The technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades has arrived. You can start building completely new concepts for payments that we've never thought of. Move the need for a financial intermediary to transact value. Bitcoin and the blockchain have an amazing future. This is going to transform society. Hi there guys, how's it going? Today I've got another guest with me on the show and it's Robbie, also known as Crypto Robbie within the space. So Robbie, why don't you give our audience a background of who you are and a I'd say a short autobiography of mm. your crypto career so far. Um, to introduce myself, my name, yeah, Robbie, Crypto Robbie in the blockchain sphere uh, known. And I uh, cover blockchain and crypto topics. My focus are blockchain use cases with added value to society, with real applications possible, with blockchain for the people. So it's not more the money side, uh, it, it's, it's more, the, um, more the application side for industry, for energy, for supply chain, and so on. I am a speaker at many conferences, 35 conferences this year. I have a blog, CryptoRobby.blog. And yeah, I'm, I'm um, also from, I come from the technology side, but I have a business background too. I think it's very convenient that, and it's a very good time to be um, to have this trait, but to not be that interested in the prices and to be interested in more of the technology, because that obviously, unless you've been living under a rock for the past few days, the prices of cryptos have um, crashed from 6,400. And then when I checked this morning, when I woke up about an hour ago, we were at 4,400. But as you said, I don't think that's a big deal. The technology's there and the value's there. It's only the price that has changed and there's an imbalance between the value that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin can provide and the price that they're currently priced at. In the future, price always equates to value or in the long term it is. So personally, I'm not that worried. I'm, I'm expecting it to come back up. But yeah, you also said that you're attending how many conferences? Was 37, did you say? 30, 35 conferences. And there is two conferences this week in Vienna, two different ones and so on. But I reduced it a bit these days. Um, the conferences are, you know, I've been in Malta, Crypto Valley. I'm always, I was always a speaker. I had a TEDx talk on uh, social impact. I have been to the British Parliament Working Group. They invited me, the Member of Parliament, to discuss impact on people. So that's my main topic. But still, uh, coming back to prices, yes, I, I, I was up till 3 a.m. in the morning because I also assist. I'm working with a trading house, an analyst. So we chatted and I, I, I saw several crashes. I mean, I, I felt the crash 87 i'm old enough 1987 that was the beginning of machine trading you know and the computers got crazy and they're all sold in such crazy face 87 i also experienced 98 um share market crisis. that was the ruble and pound crisis i experienced the 2001 bubble and then finally subprime 2008 now it feels like we could enter in such a uh, phase of crisis my you know the younger crowd and then lots of my followers they they say yeah the market is, is crazy market's never crazy markets ne I, I, all this crisis i have seen the market was never crazy it's the people who buy at the top and sell at the bottom that's the main problem <laughs> yep definitely so i saw on your linkedin because you're very active on linkedin that you attended yeah. the stablecoin conference in budapest and recently i've um i've dedicated a lot of my time to learning about stable coins mm. and trying to um, discover more about them and one of the things that I've actually done is 
I've started to refrain from calling it a stable coin. <laughs> and I've what I've started to call it either is a fiat coin or a yeah. USD coin. So, Robbie, why don't you just give us an insight of what stable yeah. conference was like in Budapest? I'm fascinated. I mean, uh, first of all, the stable coin, yeah, it was in a building called The Whale. <laughs> that was funny, kind of, for crypto folks, yeah, The Whale. So we were inside The Whale building, very modern shopping center and also seminars and conference center. Uh, Nick Sabo spoke there. Nick Sabo is one of the early Bitcoiners. Some say he is Satoshi Nakamoto. He always said he's not. Uh, but he explained the history of Bitcoin very well. And he was one of the speakers. He's really well known in this sphere. And uh, he's also Hung has Hung Hungarian roots. So it was they presented several projects, um, stable coins, and usually, st yeah. First of all, Felix, I fully agree. Stable coin is uh, far from being stable, but it's a bit less volatile than classical cryptocurrency, probably, as it's pegged to a certain asset mainly what's quite in fashion now is to peg it with a fiat coin so with with us dollar with swiss franc and that should bring stability what the market definitely needs we need more stable coins because when i pay my uh, my uh, people in bitcoin one day and tomorrow this is value uh, this loses value of uh, 30% or in two days that's not very practical. So we need stability in that market. Myself, I myself, we um, looked into stable coins, uh, which are based on real estate. So that's real estate packed coins. Let's say a building of 100 million uh, euro worth, a larger uh, building complex packed to 100 million coins. What you can do there you can have a better liquidity for the building so the specific real estate case for other coins it could be um, could also have some advantages but it's i agree it's far from being stable yet <laughs> yeah definitely but it's interesting that you touch on real estate and blockchain because i graduated university just a year ago and my final university paper which we call a dissertation in the uk yeah it was a twelve thousand word document and I was free to choose my my topic. And what I based it on essentially was, it was very specific, but in a broad sense, what it was, was how blockchain can be used in real estate transactions and in the property oh. and in the transfer of property. So I found various things. And like you said, I found that tokenizing property would increase liquidity amongst other things. But the main things that I found that blockchain can do for the real estate industry and for the, for the market of transferring property is that it can decrease middlemen costs, the intermediary costs. So escrows, lawyers, real estate agents, and land registry um, administrators. Obviously, the infrastructure isn't there yet, but there's definitely foundations and there's definitely um, the potential to transfer property within the next few years via tokenization with no middlemen whatsoever and make it a perfectly P2P transfer with the use of smart contracts and stuff like that. So... The question that I have for you, Robbie, is what do you think are the main opportunities for blockchain tech in the real estate sector? Oh, that, that, that's that's like if you uh, ask uh, a theologist or priest how what is God, you know, it's a long <laughs> answer. It may be, maybe a Bible. Um, I recently uh, spoke at the World Architecture Conference. So there were full of architects, planners, uh, real estate developers. And I, uh, I was the only blockchainer there, and they were stared at me with big eyes, you know, oh, what's blockchain? And they, 
back to the real estate. What can be done? True, um, I fully agree, Felix. You can reduce costs uh, by using a middleman. Especially, I, I read an article recently. Uh, no, this week I heard from um, also from Chinese when they buy real estate. Sometimes they think about um, they use already uh, Bitcoin transfers because for large sums it's really interesting to um, use blockchain. I use use cryptocurrency payments. But I think the, the value is much more. When you take the room where you are in now, you are recording this podcast, it has a certain quality of, um, of temperature, humidity, and light quality. Uh, now we can, in modern buildings, and I work in this smart city um, business, of, of course, also research uh, business, and you can take this sensor. There's maybe in new buildings, modern buildings, you have sensors in a the room. They measure these uh, these values like temperature and humidity. What you could do in the long run, not to see this as a information, so it's maybe twenty two degrees or so, on, but an eighty percent humidity. But you can take this as a value already because in winter when it's outside here in Vienna now it's a minus one degree you this is already a value which you can put on an invoice you say okay this room has 22 degrees and I created this value so there is a value which could directly from this thermometer come and that's one of the interesting things you cannot see um, is a as it blockchain is, it's a transfer of value directly. You don't go then through rent, pay rent and so on. A sensor could be also kind of a meter for your rent. And, and that's a, a chance. I also um, work with so-called BIM, Building Information Modeling. That's in principle the digital twin of a real estate building. Yeah, maybe you know when you did your blockchain uh, thesis dissertation, uh, you, you heard about it, BIM, Building Information Modeling. That's the latest um, trend in building. And this digital twin could be linked with blockchain that you not only have a digital building as such, but also transfer values within this digital twin and uh, use the information of this digital uh, duplication of a building and transfer values through by, um, for facility management, for water, gas, and so on, for all electricity, and, and make uh, blockchain an integral part of this new digital model. There I see chances. There's many more. There's uh, facility management. There's energy blockchains could be used. Uh, you can link it with e-mobility, smart, so-called smart homes, the coffee machine in, in the in the office, which is a little company. Yeah, They order the, the coffee. They uh, provide a service, um, so-called distributed autonomous organization. So there's manifold possible, but we are at the super very beginning, at the big bang, and, and then everything develops and, and gets structured. Absolutely. That's, yeah. No, carry on. What were you going to say? I interrupted you. Yeah, okay. Um, there is also, um, is, I, I come from the energy business, so they, they, there's a lot possible with energy certificates. One, There is a project now in, in Slovenia that's the first, I would say, I will, first project where I say they have real customers. It's called Sun Contract. It's a blockchain project. They trade between houses, energy already, and they have ten thousand customers. Yes, I don't ten thousand. That's a lot. Active customers trading energy, and the the trade goes like: some have a photovoltaic on the roof, some have um, some have machines running. So it's little businesses and private household linked together. 
on a platform, on a trading platform, they don't have to do much. They just have, in principle, it's run by an app, and they sh- they can. Uh, it's automated, of course, so so it's not a big deal. Um, but the interesting thing is, they don't go through the utility company, which usually we buy this uh, energy from, or when you have photovoltaics, you sell uh, the energy to them. Now it's gone directly, and the utility, the middleman you mentioned, is cut out. It's just uh, gone and of course it needs a a, a developed energy um, infrastructure like the net the grid itself must be run by the government it's usually governmental in european union that's that's uh, but their trade of electricity on that grid on that electricity network that's uh, done between uh, peer-to-peer blockchain based peer-to-peer means end customer and then uh, to end customer that's a really interesting project that you just mentioned because yeah. it sounds very alike to a um, a cryptocurrency project that was once very very popular. And I'm not to say that I'm not saying that their future isn't promising. But I was looking at at the ranking of a lot of coins yesterday, and I saw that Power Ledger, yeah, um, is in fact in the hundreds now. I think it was over it was over a hundred, and they're a company too that are trying to promote the P two P transfer of energy. Powerledge is still working on, on, they have another, they have an MVP and they started, but they do a lot of simulations still. Also, there's lots of other WePower, Grid Singularity in Berlin, WePower in UK and US, I think. And there's much more, many more um, energy blockchain projects. By the way, I recently wrote a blog, a blog entry in my blog, CryptoRabbit.blog, on energy blockchains and, by the way, also on construction uh, industry blockchains and energy and, and construction is a bit linked as it's real estate or need electricity so that uh, there's overlapping um, what i see is that we still need more projects with an impact i created this hashtag return on society it's hashtag return on society uh, it's used by projects now by blockchain project uh, because i think when because when the market's going down and so on everybody's depressed and says oh it's crazy then we have to look, okay, where's the real value? And that's where I want to look at. We need projects which have a growth potential. Yeah, They must grow big. We don't need the niche projects. We need the big ones, the energy platform for the world, <laughs> probably in the long run. And um, we need also a growth potential, which really... Um, it's it's which is convincing. So it needs also. So the projects don't have not only a need for good technology programmers, coders, but also marketing, business developers, and so on. Often they lack one of uh, one of these two factors. Either they're good in marketing or they're good in in uh, technology. Without a doubt, and the projects that fail to do these things will ultimately be left behind. We've seen that happen various different times with different cryptocurrency cycles and bull markets. Every time the coins that were once popular in the previous pump may not be as popular in this pump and they may get left behind. So just to simplify it for our listeners, let's just simplify and explain what these companies like WePower and PowerLedger do. Essentially, what they are are P2P energy marketplaces where people can create their own energy, whether that be, is it? Do they also cater for non-renewable sources of yeah. or energy? Yeah. You know this better than me, so take it away. Um, yeah, um, 
in principle, yes, they could also cater for, uh, but sun contract, as it has in name, they want, of course, to uh, use the sun, you know, sunlight. So they, um, what you have to uh, include is always producers who produce electricity and consumers. And then it end, you end up sometimes that as a household, that there is a new word in this business, is prosumer. So it's a combination of producer and consumer. If I would have a photovoltaic device somewhere in my garden or on my house, yeah, or even if it's a um, larger volume house, there is a there is photovoltaics. I produce electricity. Maybe I don't need it because all are in school. The kids are in school. People are at work. Nobody needs electricity. But the neighboring little um, uh, carpenter shop, they they do a lot of work during the day. They need a lot of electricity. They could benefit from that uh, sun-produced uh, electricity. Same can be with wind. With with, um, Of course, it makes more uh, sense to uh, to use renewables, and it's, it's a big business. I entered, actually, I, I developed um, a research program for, for these um, energy-based blockchains. Three years ago, I started um, with the Austrian Research Fund. I had it the research program for smart cities and blockchain. That's how I entered the blockchain sphere. I entered blockchain and cryptosphere through the energy door. Many came through the money door. I entered and later, of course, I understood there is Bitcoin. But it's um, so what of course you can, of course, use coal power plants, coal, um, but or oil and gas. But what, of course, makes more sense is to use the renewables. And that's that's where this this blockchain really has a lot of power and the utility companies they have uh, are smaller they, they are at the moment they just meant they're better invoicing uh, accounting bookkeeping companies and they will be reduced their their importance which is good <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah. let's talk about the tokenization of everything we briefly touched on the tokenization of property but obviously tokenizing an asset can go much further than just property Assets like bonds and shares can also be tokenized. Mm. So I'm quite bullish for this in the future. And I think a tokenized future is definitely a possibility. However, I'm not sure if we're yet to uncover the full story or if the tokenization that will occur in the future is the tokenization that we currently view. So what are your thoughts on the tokenization of assets? Yeah, uh, we will see. I mean... First of all, I, I'm also quite optimistic that we will see a lot of more tokenization. Tokenization is kind of, the question is what's the value of it? If you tokenize everything, it makes sense uh, when you combine with other um, so-called exponential technologies. Blockchain itself, and that's that's often forgotten, it, it's it's not, um, shall not be seen isolated. But I work, for instance, with machine learning guys. We, we develop crawlers and we develop um system for the real estate industry and um, when you combine robotics yeah a robot which works um, which builds a house yeah it's robots is now it's they start drones and robots start becoming more uh, important on construction site and when you when they bring for instance the bricks and then the, or concrete to a certain uh, place on the construction site and then automatically have the ability that they can transfer say okay i brought this there as a robot and then 
automatic they do the billing with it but they don't go the way that the billing goes yeah i tell now my the the bank of my owner that i transferred this which costed maybe 200 euro this or 200 pound this transfer but can directly um do the bookkeeping yeah and they are now for instance there's pay plus now they want to disrupt paypal pay plus is a payment um, transfer system so this system could be used that they integrate in robot and directly the billing uh um, the robot takes uh, directly care of the billing system we see these combinations i think there is the power there is a power when we when we combine and that's the famous coffee machine just think of a coffee machine yeah where you usually get your coffee not the home one but maybe someone in an office where we shared you bring your bring your um cup and then the coffee is run. When they, there is no coffee beans, the, the, the machine automatically orders it and pays automatically. And that's the point now. We will have devices which maybe don't belong to anything but themselves. If, with a coffee machine, it still it belongs to somebody. But if we think, imagine, there is a little program running in the internet, like a little virus. But this virus does good things, not bad things, doesn't harm or block, but does good things, so-called DAOs distributed autonomous organizations or companies, they could we could make use of such services and they could then perfectly pay others. Um, this brings me to, and then it's the tokenization, back, coming back to your question, the tokenization is important because then we need to know what is a value for a certain good. What, what's the value of this coffee I get out of this coffee machine? It's maybe 50 cents or one euro or whatever, one euro 50. And the, you tokenize that means, of course, you give it a value. You give it a value. Um, and the value can be money. Now it's money, but it, money always has to go through central banks and to banks and then to an account, which is a different system. To merge this system of, of the good, the coffee, and the value, that's the uh, that that makes blockchain so sexy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i definitely agree um we've seen it more so in asia than in the western world yeah. but how device or internet of things devices are interacting with each other yeah and how they're going to provide the smart or they're going to be the technology behind the smart revolution and the part the blockchain has to play there is that it's going to be the digital ledger of this revolution yeah so Yep, yeah, I, I definitely can relate to the relationship between the two. And I think that projects like Neo and smart projects out there, especially the Asian ones, are very, very promising and um, have a really bright future ahead because of their, their revolutionary vision. So onto a complete different topic now. In the latter stages of 2017, in Q4 of 2017, BTC fees rose to astronomical levels of $50, and instead of scaling the Bitcoin network on-chain, off-chain solutions have emerged. Hmm. So what we could have done is um, in order to scale more on the Bitcoin network, we would have increased the block size from one megabyte to another higher megabyte size. Hmm. But um, the network and the community has decided not to do so for many reasons, one of which being um, that decentralization comes at a cost of this. Hmm. Um, but one of the off-chain solutions that's emerged that we've had to seek is um, the Lightning Network. So the Lightning Network, in basic terms, for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's it's very technical, and I'm not the most of technical people, but it's essentially payment channels that are conducted off of the blockchain. So every transaction doesn't get broaded, um, broaded. It doesn't get broadcasted to the network, therefore reducing congestion. And then 
once that payment channel is complete, once those two people, um, a payment channel actually consists of two people, one at the end and one at the start. And these two people can transfer money between each other in the, um, in the Bitcoin network is BTC. They transfer BTC one and back from each other. And then once they want to close the channel, they close the channel and then their wallets are updated onto the blockchain. So one person may have less money than what they started for, and then the other person will have more. Once they've decided that they've finished trading, they upload this to the blockchain and upload it as one transaction, I believe. Mm, yes, yes. Very correct. <laughs> I just can confirm what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my question for you is, does the Lightning Network or is the Lightning Network increasing the value of the Bitcoin network? Because... I think it has a very, very strong future and a lot of great fundamentals behind it. But yeah. if you look at the stats, it's not being widely adopted. It's not there yet. And I'd say that the main hesitation, sorry for rambling mm. on here, but the main limitation of the Lightning Network is that in order to open a payment channel between two people, mm. you first have to deposit X amount of BTC first. Yes. You can't just transact with each other in a seamless event. Unfortunately, that's been interrupted. And there's a barrier there, which is you have to deposit some money yeah. and then we trade with that money. So do you think that the Lightning Network is currently providing value for the Bitcoin network? Mm. And if not, do you think it could in the future? Um, this is uh, no, <laughs> to be very simple. No, the, the Lightning Network is um, a wrong direction, to my opinion. Um, is it, We will not, I, I don't see, there, there are many reasons. I very much criticized uh, in the past and already now, recently also in an interview, uh, this network. Uh, first of all, um, my experience was again, um, the head of Hong Kong Bitcoin Association made a live, um, live show, uh, live transaction on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. He tried to transfer 20 um, euro uh, on, the, on the network. And it did not work uh, on the after three trial. Only the fourth trial, after they reduced the amount, it worked. There were uh, in that room. It was a smaller conference, hundred people, and they all could see how that is not working. And say, "Oops, I'm sorry." And sorry, yeah. It, Bitcoin Lightning, uh, Lightning Network is in, too important to be sorry for not working. It shall be the bright future, lightning. Yeah, it shall light. At the moment, I see just lightnings also cause a lot of destructions. If you go back to the name, this uh, system could be very destructive to Bitcoin. Why? And you mentioned already, you have to put some money in the channel to transfer it, which reduces a lot of liquidity. That's a big problem. So let's assume you have a Bitcoin wallet, you put the money there, and usually you go or from your bank account what people are used. And then I transfer uh, five euro or a thousand euro from this account. Now uh, with, with Bitcoin, you have to transfer, to open a channel, to transfer to the channel, and then you can transfer to a certain um, person to open channels. The, the concept is, of course, uh, is necessary to, uh, to it's, it's a set of rules built on the, on the Bitcoin blockchain. But I think these rules are crap. This is not working on the long run. But people don't realize. They say, oh, yeah, Lightning Network, it's so cool and so wonderful. And lots of people are working on it. Actually, the problem, second problem is not enough developers are pro working on that Lightning Network um, compared to Ethereum, where thousands of projects are built now and there are different protocols on ERC20 and we have we've have developed these these different 
ERC, we have our ERC721, and so different um, protocols running. And um, this, this, this network in, from the innovation side, uh, the, the Ethereum uh, blockchain progresses much more. There's not enough innovation and pressure on innovation to push that forward. So if you ask me, the question was whether I see now there is value. Absolutely no. Uh, in the, in the um, f- near future, no, because this doesn't work. It's also limited to 50 uh, US dollar at the moment. I mean, so I have to think, can I use Lightning Network when I go out for dinner with three friends? I invite them. No, I must use another one. No, it's, it's unpractical. It's still, I, I, what I see, it's an innovation. It's still at the, in its infancy. And maybe one day in the long future, it could work. But I think others do better. I am supporting three different uh, other blockchains one very uh, big one i also support and, and i used to improve the parts of the eos blockchain network i worked for the um so I, I was involved in this arbitration system eos has a lot of advantages for instance there is waves as faster blockchain there is an um a check blockchain which is much faster and then p2p builds the problem is the lightning network um, is in competition with many others, third generation blockchain. So if Bitcoin is uh, first generation with only transactions possible, ledger, Ethereum is the second generation, the third generation is much faster. Of course, it, 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 they are not all use uh, proof of work, but they are, have lots of advantages, especially compared to the Lightning Network. If you compare the Lightning Network to this third generation, Lightning Network is not practical. Yep. I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. So briefly, before we go on to the Q&A section, before mm-hmm. we finalize with that, I want to touch on the legal situation of the digital asset economy. Before I, well, whilst I was doing a bit of prep for this call, I think it's one of your areas of expertise, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. So personally, I'm surprisingly content with the current regulatory environment around crypto. Mm-hmm. I think that in the last 12 months or... In the last 18 months, more jurisdictions have been opening up to these technologies. And um, we've seen that the SEC, the SEC and the states are interacting and guiding the space rather than invading it. We saw with Ether Delta two weeks ago, they cooperated and they came to an agreement. And then <clears throat> they're also very much expected to release a Bitcoin ETF in Q1 of 2019. Mm-hmm. So what I what I what I think is happening is governments are guiding the technology with the regulation and interacting and engaging with it rather than invading it. So what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, what we see is a wide variety of, of uh, different national uh, approaches on how to deal with it. I have lots of, I've worked several years in China. The Chinese are very strict when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Yeah. But the richest Chinese uh, man, Jack Ma, head of Alibaba, invested um, several hundreds of millions in blockchain development. It's himself in Hangzhou, this beautiful city in, in central China. So he uh, he invested in blockchain infrastructure. So they do a lot of investment into the technology development. Um, so, and, and that's enabled by China. China supports it. So the Chinese government is very positive when it comes to blockchain technology. Uh, we have seen the US with very uh, strict um, regulations still and then considering everything and then financial asset, which is a problem. Yeah, not everything, a token is not always an, a, a financial asset. Yeah. 
but the US um, with the Howey test sees that. Uh, in Liechtenstein, I saw the, I had a look at the proposal for a new blockchain law, yeah, blockchain legislation. Liechtenstein is a very small country between Austria and China, uh, and Switzerland, and they um, have host a lot of um, blockchain companies. Uh, they open up, they're very crypto friendly. And um, their um, law is quite quite open. And also they don't say what's a security token and what's a utility token. They say uh, we have to look deeper into that matter. So they leave it open still. Um, true, what I see, I've also been at Malta Blockchain Conference, Blockchain Summit, 8,500 people there. Malta president, um, president of acting pre premier minister of uh, Malta had a great opening speech and said, look, we will have blockchain, we have to face that, and it will come even if politicians think it will not come. So, uh, And also what I liked very much is that the IMF head, Christine Lagarde, said, please, governments, have a look at cryptocurrencies, learn about it. Um, because when I go on these crypto conferences, uh, it's mostly from the private sector people or enthusiasts, but the governmental sector is still very careful and very um, sometimes hostile against um, towards this. So legislations, um, yes, you, you said your content with the current legislation. In principle, the problem starts with smart contract. Yeah, the problem under Austrian legislation and and also the German law, uh, a contract and it, it, smart contract implies it's a contract. It's not because in in Austria and Germany you need a partner. You need uh, certain contract partners. In a smart contract, you don't have a contract partner in many cases. There is no. It's a program which runs, so it's not a contract. So when one thinks, yeah, I can transfer all the contracts and put it on blockchain, make smart contracts out of it, no, that's not happening. That's a problem, and that needs regulation. So that's where we need some uh, ideas how to deal with that. Um, on the other hand side, when it comes to criminal actions and fraud, I think the law, the present law, at least in, in the European Union, is quite fine because a fraud is fraud. If you do something and harm others, that's very, that's, that's very clear how to deal with that. So we don't need so much uh, look into that. But when it comes to with blockchain, knowing no borders, and when I spoke to the British government in this working um, working group, members of part to the members of parliament, I said, "Look, with blockchain, that's hard to handle because it has no border. It doesn't know borders. It's decentralized. You cannot grab it. That's why it's hard to find a legislation." I think what in long run we see different legal systems built on blockchain which are not linked to any borders. I work for Yuri.online. Yeah? It's like Turi.online. It's a platform like a new legislation. I love this project. Yeah? Because when we print money like central banks yeah, do, when startups break their own tokens, we will have also a new legislation system on blockchain. I think that. EOS has that with the arbitration system. Yuri Online has that. And they are in principle they do kind of escrow they do kind of they offer kind of arbitration it's like a, a court which decides about when there are disputes on blockchain and blockchain is perfect for finding consensus so what we could see is a new layer of law on the blockchain and people will stick to it because when people accept it and say yeah let's use not the national courts but let's solve our dispute on the blockchain with different international uh, lawyer, uh, not lawyers, uh, charges, um, that would be give thousands of new opportunities, also business-wise, and for lawyers itself.
the new lawyer is a blockchain lawyer. It's he does his cases not from the, only from national legislation, but maybe a new layer worldwide. That's the nice fuel. So just imagine we have a United Nation coin, one currency, not not uh, linked to a certain nation. Yeah, no borders and a legal system also on blockchain, finding consensus on on such cases. Very nice future. I like these political views too. Well, hopefully in 10 years time, um, we'll have yeah. the opportunity to live in a blockchain company or um, a blockchain company. I mean, a blockchain nation mm. or something similar. So, um, yeah, as you said, the, the future is definitely very interesting and very bright. So I think we covered loads of content there in the main bulk of it. Should we go into the Q&A section now just to finish off? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Marvellous. So, Robbie, what are the two projects, or you can make it three if you wish, that you find most interesting in the blockchain and crypto space? Yeah. Um, any two projects, I've I, I named project groups, third generation blockchains, be it EOS, Waves, NEM is a 2.5. I think this is the next generation. That's where we have to look when we look technology-wise, which direction does it go? Faster transaction, cheaper transaction, we have to look at this. I think that the train goes in that direction. Yeah, that the 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 masses go. We will see uh, Ethereum maybe still playing an important role, but that's where to go. Um, I like MacCoin, you know, from McDonald's. They did a coin this this summer. I, know, I had fun with it. A coin without the blockchain. They just issued tokens and coins for the 50, 50 years anniversary, I think, and and they 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 gave out these coins. So maybe we'll. It, it, this tells me McDonald's thinks about testing this market. Um, Burger King did that two years ago with Whoopa coin. They test the market. How ready is the market for coins? And um, other project is, um, let me say, anything which has an impact to people. So that be it a project in the energy sector like Sun Contract, which I like, or um, Islamic social banking yeah, and, and social project. And, and there are hundreds of others. Health Bank, uh, I'm also supporting the Health Bank. So I look for projects with a return on society, hashtag return on society. So uh, <laughs> third generation, to sum it up, or coins without any blockchain like MacCoin to test the market and the uh, impact on people, return on society projects. Fantastic. So you also mentioned that you're going to visit 35 conferences and cryptocurrency events this year. What's been yeah, your favorite going. one so I, far? I visited. I visited 35 meetups, workshops, large conferences. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm. Which one's been your favorite one so far? Um, the favorite ones are usually the ones which are small, like Budapest Stablecoin Conference was really uh, on a certain specific topic. Um, with Malta Blockchain uh, Conf Summit, it's 8,500 people. I must say, the problem is that 8,000 people are still this crypto enthusiast. They think Bitcoin will increase by the end of the year, and they are so enthusiastic about that everything is, looks so fine. I like the people who are more realistic, who have um, experienced already some crashes in of the share market. I work a lot with with for, um, with people which are older than forty years and have experience in the market, and it needs this enthusiasm and this risk, uh, risk the ability to manage risk, um, and. Of course, the crypto summit of, of Olga Feldmayer was, was also nice. I moderated a panel there on crypto funds and venture capital. So where I saw that venture capital is slowly and then institutional funds entering the market. Okay, so another question. 
Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, sometimes, yes. Okay, yes. so what's your favorite time to listen to them? My favorite time or favorite one? Favorite time. So what are you doing when you're listening to podcasts? Oh, what I do? Um, usually, um, sometimes when I iron my shirts, <laughs> when yeah. I clean the kitchen, um, or when I, but I, what I do is when I work in the garden or when I work in the cellar, I have to repair the car or something like this. I do that also for uh, sometimes, then I listen to podcasts. I like, or when I, of course, do sports, but sports, I prefer sometimes music. I don't want, I, I want to go away from the crypto because this crypto craze sometimes is too much for me. So then, yeah, but let's, yeah. Absolutely. Um, we share a lot in that, in the sense that I too like consuming audio media when I'm doing tasks, when I can't afford to look at a screen, like you said, when you're outside working on your car or ironing. I think those are fantastic <laughs> scenarios. So another question, what sort of businesses and what sort of industries do you think could benefit most from blockchain's distributed ledger technology? Yeah, uh Anything, of course, linked to any kind of transaction of money. So when we go shopping for our milk and bread and butter and rice, <laughs> uh, and then we have this shopping cart, we, we, now we, we have still the cashier doing uh, the job for us and then uh, doing job for the supermarket. Here, blockchain would make lots of sense with payment, automized payments. You mentioned already Internet of Things. That's So the, the retail business, and I work for a large retailer, uh, it's of course, the, I come from real estate business there because real estate has a lot of value. It the, the most value is stored in buildings in this on this side. It's not gold. It's not money. The buildings uh, contain the most of value. So there, it would make sense to tokenize it to because buildings are are usually very very um, immobile. Yeah, they they are very uh, hard to um, tokenize. So with with blockchain technology, one could make much more use out of it. And then supply chains, yeah, anything linked to um, to production processes. Here, it's still a lot to be done. Now, I recently, a toll company, a European toll company asked me to do a consulting project. I think payments, toll payments could be a road toll, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned supermarkets because mm. um, ever since I can remember, since I've been looking at blockchain, one of the practical, <clears throat> pardon me, analogies that, or one of the practical examples that I've been thinking of is how one day I envision a supermarket where the, this could be in the next few years time here, this isn't a very distant thing, but I envision a supermarket where all the items have either RFID chips or they have their barcodes and we ascend, we literally just pick up the items we want and we walk out of the store. As soon as we walk out without paying, without anything, the RFID chips have sensors on them. This is sent to the supermarket. They realize that a product's left. It's come with us and that they, they'll extract the money from our wallet and smart contracts will do all that for us and automate the, as you said, the payment process. True. We will I see was... that. We will definitely see that. The problem is in the technical at the moment. These chips, when you um, sometimes, uh, they are come. With this retailer, we discuss the details. But when you have them in the shelves at the very back, uh, the system doesn't find them, for instance. yeah. When it's hidden in the back, and the, there's these different metal boxes, and they, they shield. So there's this, this, when you have them in the in the shopping cart, yeah, and, and you put other things around, they cannot be detected. So there are some practical problems yet. But still, I think we will see this in a very, very near future. Okay, so the final question that I have for you that I ask everybody hmm. is, 
Uh, I'm interested in your answer because, well, you'll see the question, but are you a fan of BTC, BCH, or ironically and more specifically, BCHABC or BCHSV? Because there's been a current, um, there's been a hard fork earlier this week. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, actually, yeah. it was last week. So yeah, do you yeah. support either of those three projects? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's perfect. Um <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been a fantastic yes. guest. Um, and I, I really, really appreciate you taking some of your time out today to come on and chat. It's um, It's been fantastic and it's been a pleasure to meet you. Your enthusiasm yes. has radiated brilliantly. Yes, welcome. Uh, it's just, just to add on my no, to be not such a negative, I like Bitcoin because it made uh, made it very popular, the, the blockchain and, and blockchain very popular. It made myself also popular in the blockchain sphere. Uh, I like Bitcoin for that, uh, but this is only one application. Money side is only one application. And and the BCH and ABC, BCH, ABC and so on, this hard for It's just rumors, little storms in the water glass, we say, <laughs> in the glass of water. So we will see that this will come and go. Bitcoin will probably stay, that's for sure. Yep, I think so too. But um, yeah, once again, Robbie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank if people thank want to find you, if our audience want to, read some of your content or reach out to you how do they do so yeah crypto rabi r-o-b-b-y crypto blog my blog and on, on linkedin i have a strong linkedin profile with many followers there i use this conservative business platform which is perfect for uh blockchain projects because there's lots of trust in people who are there on linkedin felix thank you very much and uh thank you also to the crypto authority great talking to you Thank you. We'll catch you later, Robbie. Ciao.